Uh, IO. Wait. Yeah. Uh, Twan Thursdays. It's your boy Twan. Today I got a very special guest with me. Uh, the man, the kid from Brooklyn, uh, Mr. Anthony Cataldo, host of The Political Adventurist on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, every, everywhere where you, you could watch, uh, you could listen to this. It's there too. Um, so as you can see, this week is a little bit different because we're now on Zoom because uh, Corona is not doing too good in Staten Island. It's actually the borough with the highest number of cases. And because of that, uh, my house is temporarily locked down. So I can't really have people over to record the podcast, but this works just as good because um, I could still have the friends on Zoom and that's all that matters, right? Mm-hmm. So today I'm joined by Tony, my boy. Um, when when did we first start? Like, Oh, God. I, I, I feel, like, I feel like... like I've known you for a few years, but uh, until like we, we got close re- like within the last year, like Not- year senior year. It was uh, it was actually when you when you came in when you came in we were close because you were close with William and I was close with William obviously we've been friends for like all of high school, uh, okay. but when you came in we would start fucking around with each other we'd dap each other up you know we'd have the iconic and unchallenged dap, uh, and uh, uh, and that's was, really when the friendship started. Yeah, we dap each other up and it would create the loudest natural noise to human man. It was just one of those like you know when you have that perfect crisp, delicious just. Like that every time it, it just came out flawless. It would and reverberate that, off the walls. Of the I, I would get excited to dap you up yeah. I'd, and then bounce off the walls. It, it echoed through the hallways. Yeah. So um, uh, as you said, you're a year older than me. So that means that you uh, just got home from college. You were at, you're at Bing University. You just got home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to see some different scenery because usually I'm seeing the American flag and Adrian's mess of clothes on the back. Mess of clothes and his Arnold Schwarzenegger poster, which uh, I did not consent to, for the record. <laughs> so, um, what like, from how long have you been in college? So uh, I've been in college for I want to say about uh, five months. I went in uh, in August, late August. Um, coming back November, so I'll figure about uh, I think that's about four, four, three, three, four, five months, something around that area. Okay, so. In your experience, these five months in college have like, what's the difference between high school and like the transition and everything and all that? Fill me in. Oh, I mean, you know, I can really only speak for Bing right now because every campus is different and there's obviously varying degrees of uh, availability. But when it comes to Bing, there's so much freedom. Obviously, notwithstanding the uh, COVID regulations that you have, like you got to walk around with a mask everywhere. You got to, when you're going to the gym, you got to book sessions. You can't just stay for as long as you want because that increases the chance of spreading and whatever, but you could literally do whatever you want. Like I could have gone down from my dorm, which happened to be close to the gym area. I could have gone to play tennis anytime I wanted to with my friend, Alec, who he's still up there. Um, I could have done anytime I want. There was no schedule. Obviously we had to work around the clubs and, and, uh, and shit, but it was so free. It was so, it was so different than what I've been used to. I didn't have my parents telling me, don't eat this, don't eat that. Obviously, I would keep my diet in check, though. Um, uh, I could stay up as late as I want. You know, there was no curfew in the building. Some buildings have curfews in college. Uh, my building didn't, which was great. So sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, we come back around 3, 4 a.m. Uh, so overall, it's a lot more freedom. And it's very surreal in the beginning, but you'll get very comfortable as you go on. When you say it's surreal in the beginning, uh, the beginning, like what? Because 
I, you live with your parents your entire life. Mm-hmm. So that first week, two weeks, three weeks in college, like, how did you adapt? Because I don't know how I would. I, I would imagine myself just, I would have all this power because like you said, the amount of free, freedom you get is substantial. And just, I, I wouldn't know what to do with all that. I'd probably come home at five o'clock in the morning myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, see, the thing is with me personally, it just hit me like a truck that I was suddenly moving out. This was a new you know, chapter in my life. I was at first, you know, when I was sitting in the car with my parents and we pulled up to the parking lot, I was, I was a little reluctant. I was saying, Hey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we should just turn back. Even I said, which is ridiculous. You know, we're paying already the tuition, the housing. I was saying these things and I got out of the car, I got settled in my dorm. I figured everything out and it just went smoothly from there. So in the beginning, just, you know, you're on the cusp of manhood, obviously, you know, that's going to be a, a life-changing transition. So at first, very surreal, leaving the parents, leaving the nest, um, you know, it was kind of hitting me hard. And then as I got comfortable, you know, it all started to smoothen out. Right. So what, what's it like? Cause you, when, when we went like, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I, when I got into high school, you just made friends naturally. Like it just happened because you're around these people 100% of the time. So in your experience, cause did you go into classes or like was some of it on zoom or was it mixed? How was it? Uh, so f- the, the majority of kids at Bing, and this is again, only for Bing really that I can speak for the majority of kids did have a mixed schedule. So it would be some zoom and some uh, in person with discussions, obviously with those standards that I mentioned earlier. Um, it would be obviously dependent on the class and availability and things like that. For me personally, all of my classes were online. So that was a lot of freedom a lot of time on my hands, obviously, you know, technically I could have done the whole process asynchronously, you know, I could have just turned off my video and mic. actually I would do that. You know, sometimes if I was really hungry, I'd turn off my video and mic during an intro to philosophy class and go get a, a spicy Italian from the, uh, the, the market a couple steps away. So uh, there was, there was that, but in terms of making friends. Uh, so in the beginning, when, we, when I first got to the campus, uh, school didn't start immediately. It took like a week for the classes to actually start. During that week, we spent a lot of time just walking around, meeting people, playing spike ball. I think spike ball is huge in college. Um, so that made a lot of friends. I met like 30 to 50 kids randomly playing like spike ball and soccer and going around the dorms. Uh, so in, in college, I'd say there's that similar looseness when you're finding friends, but it, it Typically for me, at least it was through some kind of sports activity. Obviously it's different boys and girls, obviously. Uh, but for me personally, that came through, uh, through sports. And speaking of sports, you, you played tennis in um, high school. Now you're playing tennis in college. What's mm-hmm. the, is there, is there, cause I'd imagine you have to wake up very early for tennis in college. Was it like that in high school or what's it like, what do you find the main difference to The level is totally different. And I, I want to say for the record, I'm not playing on the team yet. Team is D1. But um, I have talked to the coach. I have talked to players that I'm very close with on the team. I'm at least on their level. You know, I take sets off them. Um, the one player I play with hasn't really taken a set off me. I don't want to obviously use that time to brag. These are practice sets. But that's to reinforce the point that, like, as of right now, I am on their level. But um, as far as that goes, there's a huge level jump. In high school, much more lax. You might run across the kid, you know, from, say, Newdorp, who doesn't know how to hold the racket, which is someone who I played against in my high school career, um, and now in college, that's, that's basically gone. So yeah, when you wake up early, you know, those practices are going to be much more serious. You're not going up against people that don't know how to hit the ball. 
Um, so the, I'd say the college from high school jump is, is huge in terms of tennis specifically. Obviously, it's different in every sport, but especially in tennis, the technique gets so much better and the, uh, the uh, I guess you could say, awareness of the sport gets so much stronger. Because a lot of time, tennis is actually like, you hear, I hear a lot of people clown on tennis because it's not, it's not, um, it's one of the, not, not per se less, lesser known sports, but less popular mm-hmm. because usually it's a team sports, basketball, soccer, uh, football, the ones that are more popular, but tennis actually takes a tremendous amount of skill to play. And, oh, that's, um, yeah. Okay, go on. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But isn't it like, when you think of college sports, like you said, you, you're not on the team yet, but how it's going now, it's possible that it's, it's likely that you will be. Knock on wood. Um, knock on wood, yes, of course. Isn't it crazy how when you compare the, the um, what's it, the college sports whole like realm, and then right after college sports, immediately after is the pro leagues. Because mm. like you see college basketball, college basketball is very popular in America. A lot of people like college basketball. I personally, I'm not very big on college basketball. I don't find it that entertaining. Um, but you hear a lot of co- a lot of these coaches say that when they play in the NBA, it's very show. It's like sh- it's like a show. In college, they actually run real sets, real drills. And the, the level of competition is very different. You can say there's even more competition in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think as far as tennis goes, and there are obviously a few points I wanted to address. Uh, so you have like sports like basketball and football. These are really American sports. You know, a lot of people in the country and in obviously North America, more people play those sports. Tennis is kind of more of a European thing. So I see why there's no real appeal to that people clown on it you know they say you know it's easy give me a couple minutes and i'll be better than roger federer you know um i hear a lot of people saying that so that's really where it comes from is that it obviously didn't come from it's not really a, a grassroots sport as for the jump from college to the, to the professional league it's it's really remarkable i know i know kids that um they don't they you know they're not they didn't go to high school they were homeschooled uh and they're probably going to stay that way throughout college simply grinding tournaments so the jump from college and that high school area, the skill, the skill jump and the scheduling jump is so much higher, especially in tennis to, to keep the ranking that you have, if you want to play in even other tournaments that are very selective, you have to go all over the world. Sometimes you could be in Slovakia. Sometimes you could be in Texas. You know, it's, it's really all over the world where these tournaments are held. Um, And that's really, as you, as you increase the levels, you start get to the super six, you know, the sweet 16, uh, which is actually the name of the tournament. Um, But uh, yeah, so the, the skill jump that you mentioned is huge. It's, it is crazy to think about that after college, you know, you're right off to the pro league and you have to balance your budget, and your team and things like that. So that it, it is really expressed in tennis. Yeah. Is the pro league something that you could possibly see yourself playing in one day? Or do you, do you see yourself? It's, it's a big question to ask, but it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's an important question because a lot of people, they play college basketball and they don't, they don't expect to go. They play college football. They don't expect to go pro. So yeah. obviously um, every person's different. I was just wondering where you stood on that. Cause, cause tennis is a very popular sport. You seem to be very good at it from what I've heard. Oh, you know, that's obviously we'll say just, well, yeah, I guess. Uh, but um, so, yeah, actually I knew one of these kids uh, that was, uh, his name was Cole Anthony. Definitely heard of him probably He's a prospect at this point. He did not think he was going to be in the NBA in middle school and poly prep. He was playing tennis with me in middle school and poly prep. Like there was no way he was going to get to, you know, what he thinks now he's a, he's a potential draft pick in the NBA, obviously maybe not this year, next year. 
Um, so in terms of what I think about that, being a pro tennis player is something that has to be a whole lifestyle. And that's the same thing with every sport. You know, you have to watch what you eat. You have to train heavily. You have to perfect your technique. And another thing is, it's not just about the physical aspect, it's about the mental too. And tennis specifically, and that's why it appealed to me a lot, uh, you yourself are the general and the soldier. You know, you're leading your own, your own self and you have to execute. And you can have a great plan, but if you can't execute well, you're not going to win big matches. So um, right now, I think that's obviously a little bit of a pipe dream. As much as I would love to, you know, play Roger Ferrer and Novak and all those guys, it would be kind of a, a dream come true, obviously. Uh, that's kind of in the in the peripheral at this point. I'm focusing really on uh, my education right now. Right, that's fair. That's fair. You said you said Cole Anthony. You you played tennis with him, and now he's an NBA prospect. Yeah, he played tennis with one of my friends, uh, Michael Michael Cooper. Name you don't know. He's in wait. Florida. So you so you knew this kid? Yeah, I talked wow. with him. He was in the locker rooms. It was incredible. Him uh, that that's good. That that's just you know for the school. Poly Prep was name brand. Uh, a few years ago, I don't know how it is today. Oh my god, today's the draft. Yeah, today is. I completely the draft. forgot. Today's the draft. I think at eight, right? So there you go. That 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 just happened to line up. But uh, yeah, so there was Bon Jovi's kid that was there. Joaquim Noah graduated from Poly, I think middle or high school, something like that. So there's a lot of big names that went to the school. So you know that's just kind of it, and it's really incredible to see that. I know there's a a D1 football player I know now. He's, you know, obviously doing big things, and we went to poly together. We make fun of the math teacher, so you know, there you go. That's, yeah, I can't imagine that must be surreal. Where it's it's a it's a real person you know, and now you get to watch them go on TV and possibly pick up a hat with an NBA team on it. Yep, bro, that's that's ridiculous. I hope I hope one day I'm I'm lucky enough to have that experience where a friend goes pro. I've known I've known a few kids who who <laughs> I'm not gonna say they have the potential to go pro, but they've they've been like you see them you see that they're going to a d1 school that they're they're bound to go far and i, I really hope the the best all of them mm-hmm. but um one thing you and i have in common is that we're both on this pot like we started up our podcasts very close to each other not saying that one of us piggybacked off the other oh entirely but, i think that's entirely the case you totally inspired me to start my podcast yeah state that down for the record yeah for so real? i it was kind of, yeah, so when you were you were talking about it way before I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, wow, that's really ambitious. Don't think I have the time. Then I start seeing all these social media posts. Obviously, we're not going to get into politics here, but I see all these social media posts from whatever side, and I think, you know, hey, why don't you, you know, why don't I try to facilitate some kind of discussion? I watched the debate, lots of opinions on the debate. You know, maybe I should start a forum where people can actually voice their, their opinions. So that's really it. But it was really the basis, the execution how I was manifesting this this desire came totally from you, 100%. And specifically, I appreciate that, first of all, but specifically a political podcast, it's not an easy thing to do. I've had a friend try to run a political podcast uh, some time ago, and after the third episode, um, he did his episodes live, and after the third episode, it didn't go too well because there was there was some, uh, I guess you could say, some conflict in the, in the comments, and eventually he just kind of, he let go because it was very difficult to moderate where at the same time you have, because what he did is you have a person on, he has two people on from opposing views and moderates them. And if you're a little bit leaning to one side or the other side, it's a little bit, it's a, it's, it's more difficult to moderate without, I guess you could say some experience. And because of that, it, it kind of, it caught up to him and he kind of stopped after three episodes. So what, what do you want your episode six right now? 
Uh, episode six it's, or seven. Man, I don't keep track. I'm not, I'm not the best. I think seven. <laughs> I don't know, bro. This is a regardless. You've you've gone pretty far, and uh, I commend you for that. And I hope that both Thank of you. us go very far because it, it's it's fun, isn't it? It's fun. Like you have a good time. Yeah, it's great. I, I mean, it's really just you know discussion with people, learning what they have to say, and and really the base because arguments are always going to develop, especially in politics, even on basic issues. Arguments like who's the goat in basketball. Huge fights start over that. So. Uh, the, really, the base that I'm applying to, or appealing to, rather, is um, definitely the moderate, more, uh, you know, thoughtful base. Not really an extremist person who's just going to throw other opinions out, out of the window. Um, I'm really appealing to a moderate and very intellectual base. So I hope that that's uh, what's being construed. So yeah, you do a good job with that. Uh, I've watched them. They're, they're very, uh, as I said, guys, it's all of his information is going to be in the comments below. Um, yeah. If you're an audio listener, the political adventurist, you know how to spell it. <laughs> if, you, if you don't, then maybe you should read upon a few extra books. Um, tune in. I'll say this one more time at the end, but just so you know, you got to support. If you're supporting me, you got to support the brother. Okay. You got to support the homie. So it's either that, one way. Um, it's a one way street or no way street. <laughs> Wait, that makes no sense. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get, two, we'll ways, two way two way or no way okay there you, you go it. there we go there either we go. you support one, both of us or none of us okay there you yeah. go i got it out i appreciate um, that i was reading up on this form the other day mm -hmm. and i found it really interesting it was it was talking about how far humans have come mm -hmm. even even the other day um i was watching the movie the highwayman it just came out on netflix it came out in 2009 it's about the two guys who tracked down and killed bonnie and clyde obviously you know who they were they were mm -hmm. the two uh the couple who wreaked havoc in uh the south in the 19 what was it the 30s Summer and it's time. about them and uh how or was it the 50s i believe it was the 30s yeah how they found them and killed them and you look at the technology they had that like in the movie they show he was driving in the henry ford it just came out the ford and he had it was like this the old, you know what the old style cars look like. It's it's very, that very bulky. Yeah. And instead of instead of a, a phone on his dashboard, he had a he had a paper map and he was marking where he was going. And it's kind of crazy to think about how far we've come in just less than less than a hundred years, ninety years, a couple decades. That's ridiculous, because yeah. we don't even know all the technology that's out right now. Because I'm I think I said this last episode. The I I've heard that the military has technology 10 years ahead of us because obviously they get the better stuff they need it they have funding and, too yeah yeah they have more funding and not that because it's so limited it's not released to the public so my question to you right now is so where do you see humanity going further in 10 years do you oh gosh i mean you have um it's i mean it's it's gonna it's gonna start at the local level i think these huge advancements you know uh, I think it's the whole goal here is automation and ease of access. I think that's the reason Apple is so marketable. Um, that's the reason I, I even saw this ad recently when I was on YouTube uh, for a remote that just you, you talk to it. It'll locate the show or movie that you want to watch on uh, on Hulu or Netflix or one of those. So I think the whole point, the whole trend is ease of access. That's obviously what's been, you know, for all of history basically you have the printing press you have all these things um so the direction hmm uh, that's tough uh i mean obviously right now there's a medicinal focus we have you know a pandemic going on i think maybe in the future it, it's going to go towards some kind of i guess this ease of access is going to go towards some kind of social 
change or something. I don't know. Not That's- not per se, not per se, uh, specific examples, but like hum- hu- humans as like a general people, because mm-hmm. we've we've gotten worse over time. We've gotten more greedy, I guess you could say. But at the same time, we've done all these brilliant things, and it's kind of. I'm going off on a little bit of a ramble here, but it's kind of ridiculous once you think about what, what they're doing and how it's working out. Because you, you see the future and like you wonder, I'm, how do I put it? Like the people from the 1920s, say 100 years ago, if you showed them today, they would have never expected it. Although in 1918, the flu pandemic started and it killed off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say there's something similar. But in the technology wise, you could, I could turn these lights off just by saying, Hey, Google, turn off the couch lights. And that easily, it turns off the couch lights. I'm these surprised lights it didn't turn off the, I'm surprised it didn't turn I got, off. I got to speak up a little bit, but um, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That you would have, I, I just can't imagine what technology 100 years from now is going to be like and where it's going to lead people. Cause you already see talks about artificial intelligence integrating with people and i don't know it's just ridiculous i think when you talk about human progression well you brought up an interesting point which is like the greed of humanity a little bit uh i think you know human nature is always going to be you know there's always going to be a level of greed there's always going to be a a level of uh putting yourself above others and putting others down specifically that's always going to be present in society you know no matter what technological advance it's going to be provided in a different context I think as far as like human progression goes, I think as we technologically advance, we start to devolve a little bit because it's very simple. You know, we have these advancements as we start to get more integrated with AI, maybe we'll lose some of our cognitive functions, you know, um, because we don't, we have no need for them. Actually, obviously thousands of years ago, humans had sharper canine teeth for tearing through meat. And with obviously the usage of a fork and knife, now obviously we have no need for that. So it's slowly become de- devolved. So I think an interesting point to bring up is that as we modernize, we might we might slowly slowly start to uh, devolve as, as humans. And that's- Well, if you think about it, we kind of already have. Because yeah. say, you, say you have a question, what's the first place? Well, you we were trying to figure out some audio problems before we started shooting this podcast. What's the first thing you do? Google. Look it up. You're, what, you, what you have in your back pocket has become such a- crucial part of who you are that it stores your information in the case of emergency uh in the case of an emergency it stores your 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 health information so that uh medics can access it it's it's crazy how dependent you are on this piece of technology even though you don't realize it and recently on november 1st i'm sure i told you i deleted all social media i deleted instagram snapchat um anything else i had just to clear my mind and kind of I don't just give myself some uh, time to mentally just relax myself. And the first, it was kind of crazy because what happened was the first day I picked up my phone and I go, what am I doing? That happened maybe 30, 40 times. Absolutely ridiculous. I picked up my phone and go, wow, why am I picking up my phone right now? Because it becomes every day you pick it up. The first thing, what do you, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Check social media, check the Instagram notifications. Who's check your phone, any news, anything, anything new, what happened, who's texting me. You mm-hmm. pick up the phone and you're waiting for that notification because subconsciously you want to see it. And it was so, the first two days, it was so weird. It felt like my, it felt like my phone had nothing on it. And social media has such a huge weight. 
on people that it doesn't allow. So I, I sound like one of those anti-social media gurus right now, but it's been, what is it? 17 days approaching on three weeks already. It's felt like I haven't had it for four months. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's crazy because like you said, we're becoming more dependent on this technology. We're already dependent. We just don't realize how dependent we are. Mm-hmm. So who knows what the future will hold? Maybe it'll be physically part of us. It's a very good point. You know, we have, uh, we have uh, nanobots already performing surgery. You know, if you look at AP Bio, you probably maybe heard about that. Uh, you know, so it's already clear. We have the CRISPR program, you know, which is almost like playing God, where we literally manipulate our own DNA. So, or and, wait, what is what is the CRISPR program? I so the Cris- the CRISPR program, if I remember correctly, Miss Junta, you know, might be knocking at my door soon if I don't get this right. Um, but the CRISPR technology, from what I remember, is uh, gene recombination, uh, where they take specific parts of DNA strands and recombine them to get more desirable traits. So that could be removing, or that could that could potentially cure a disease or breed uh, more. Uh, desirable physical traits like blonde hair blue eyes maybe it's almost it's almost eugenics adjacent and that's a program that's being uh, so it's like designer babies pretty much what you're basically yeah i mean you know we've already seen it again at the ground level we've you talked about that sheep in china or or that uh, some animal or goat or something that got cloned um so we're already messing with what should what was considered maybe in the 1920s 1950s as just nature itself that should not be tampered. So the question to ask here is where do we draw the line? Where do human where does humanity stop itself from pushing into uh, in the event of preventing maybe you know Armageddon even, you know? It's, it's crazy to think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. And like you said, people are playing God and it's it's kind of scary because I like as I feel like as humans corporate like greed will always come first and if there's a way to make money there's going to be someone out there who says i don't care how we do and make that make that money and that's that's kind of scary but what i also uh just popped into my head as you were saying that is the human population has so dangerously increased in the past 60 years well maybe in the 1940s it was what i want to say 2 billion i'm going to check it right now just to confirm but it's absolutely ridiculous yeah. Um, the world. Did I say U.S.? Probably U.S. Well, think about the world. I, think about the world. I meant to say world population. Um, history. In 1960, it was three billion. Okay, so that means in just 60 years, it more than doubled. Wow. That's kind of terrifying because right now, as it is, you see, a lot of people are struggling with. Look at how compact New York is. It's uh, it's ridiculous. It's getting it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. Like if n- this what we have now compared to New York in the '40s was maybe a little different, but um, I, I don't know. Like maybe in another 60 years it'll be more than double that. Like who knows what's gonna happen? You know, maybe <laughs> now this is going a little bit on a limb here, but if we ever get to Mars and colonize it, like it's it's kind of crazy because you really don't know. It could go either or. And if you think about it, how early are we in the existence of humans? Like like. Humans like point one percent. We're point point one percent of the world's history, or something. Some infinitesimally small number. Yeah, we're barely exactly. Anything. Yeah, and humans have been around for so much longer than two thousand twenty years. But if you think about two thousand twenty, that's like kind of nothing. Like it's kind of nothing. Like I I really wonder if humans are gonna live to um, what, twelve 
12,523. Like, probably by then, the sun will explode or something. or Some, some, some gods yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, some event will kill humans off. But it's, it's wild because, like, bring, going back to what we said earlier, humanity can go in so many different directions. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's definitely a great point. I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, you think about The Purge, right, the movie. Uh, the NFAA or NFFA, one of the two, NFFA, I think, uh, they actually justified using the purge as a means of, you know, legalized murder and, you know, filtering out the population to prevent crisis like, you know, obviously overpopulation and famine and poverty. Obviously, that's absolutely terrible, terrible. and disgusting, but I mean, it's, it, I don't know. Um, oh, dead air. <laughs> hmm. Um, I want to know what else we got. I mean, well, I mean, we could 30 minutes, a pretty solid episode. We got, we got to a bit up to you. Yeah. Obviously um, I could probably go on for half an hour, but I got, uh, I got a zoom call to join soon. Oh, you could busy, so, you know, you got the podcast, yeah, you, you got, got you got your own stuff too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this, uh, this, uh, podcast is a little bit short this week and I apologize for that because I got to still get used to the whole Zoom thing. It feels a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Having someone in front of me is a little bit different. Um, and I hope we can get to that soon. But as I said earlier, I'm going to say it one more time. A few people who made it to the end. The, the Political Adventures, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm going to leave the link in the description if you're too lazy to type it up. Thank you, Tony, for hopping on this week. And if you're watching uh, this video and if you got to this point and you're not subscribed to him... Get off! Get the fuck off YouTube at this point. I don't know what you're doing. You're sitting here in front of a screen, not even uh, subscribing to this man's content. So yeah, you got you know, it. If you're not subscribed, these, you gotta go. You gotta with go. all these generous plugs you've been giving me, you know, give this man here who's been putting this all together with his thumbnails and his editing that's way better than mine. Check out his podcast. That's kind of like the mother of mine. So you know, go, go for it. Yeah, how's that plug? How's that plug? Good enough for me. Um, <laughs> thanks again, Tony, for hopping on this week. I appreciate uh, you having me. Once again, it's Swan Thursdays. It's your boy. Two weeks from now, we got I don't know who. Maybe Brody. Maybe we are. I don't know. Uh, thank you. It's been your boy. Bye. 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 Bye.